it's like winning a lottery, you know, that you have a baby coming. So all the excitement and all that. And, and then, of course, uh, watching them grow and getting into things. And it puts a smile on your face. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now, here's your host, Art Eddie. Sponsored by Cordell and Cordell, a partner men can count on. CordellCordell.com, 866-DADS-LAW. What's going on, everybody? Art Eddie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. And I'm very lucky and honored to have this guy, the Nigerian Nightmare. It's none other than Christian Okoye. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, sir. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me early in the morning, California time. <laughs> well, I appreciate you getting up early. Uh, it means a lot to talk a little bit about football. I'm a big fan of the NFL and growing up uh, watching you, man, do your thing uh, on the football field was amazing. But we're going to talk about that in a, in, in a bit. But I want to chat with you about your fatherhood journey. So take me back when you found out you were going to be a dad. What was going through your mind, sir? <laughs> That was uh, during my time when I was playing, and um, it's uh, it's one of those things. Um, it's like winning a lottery, you know, that you have a baby coming. So uh, all the excitement and all that, and and then of course uh, watching them grow, getting into things, and um, uh, just grow all around. Um, it puts a smile on your face. <laughs> nice, and I've you know if people know of your work, not just on the football field, but you have a great foundation, which we're going to chat about in a bit and about the good things you do to help out people in the different communities. Hard work and paying it forward, I think, are things you probably look to instill into your kids. But before I put any more words in your mouth, talk a little bit about some of the values you were looking to instill into them as they were growing up. Well, you know, like you said, it. you know, hard work. That's what I learned from my dad and uh, my parents. Um, if you work hard, good things will happen. And uh, that's what I uh, teach my kids. And uh, they all responded for that, to that. Um, and of course, through my foundation, I try to relate that to uh, to all the kids that we work with. Um, you have to work hard. If you want something, you have to set goals and you have to work towards that and, you know, make a plan. Uh, good things just don't happen. You have to work for it a lot of times. Even, you know, I've always said this to kids, even people that win lotteries, they make an effort. They go and buy the tickets. You know, <laughs> they make a plan. You know what I'm saying? So um, the good things just don't come. You have to, you know, have a plan and work towards that. Set a goal. No doubt. I really like that and appreciate that. And there's kind of flip the script. Instead of the values you're looking to instill into them, talk about something that your kids have taught you either about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there, but uh, it came out once you became a dad. Well, you know, it's important to learn from your kids, you know, you have to, they, they make you, you know, kind of like, uh, remember when you were a kid, when you were a kid, um, you stick, because if you're not, you know, there's no way you can teach them, you see, so um, you have to remain uh, humble and uh, uh, be ready to learn from them because kids do have their own minds. You know, so as you're working with them, uh, they are working with you. Um, so I, I, le- I learned from them. Nice. That's a, yeah, it's such a great insight to have. Just the idea that, you know, you, not only are you giving them lessons, but they're teaching you stuff and you got to be open to that. Um, before we get into football and your foundation and all that good stuff, 
One more question about father. Is there a piece of advice or a dad hack you would offer to new dads listening to this? Well, the only thing that you have to uh, uh, do is when you have a kid, you know, you always have to have an open mind. Um, they have, you don't go too high up or too down low with them. They have to, you know, remember to stay even killed because uh, um, they will learn from you. They know your facial distortions and, you know, they, they know all that. They can sense that, that they feel that. So um, uh, you be ready to encourage them at all times, even when they're doing bad, even they, when they're doing good, you know, you stay even kill. That's what I do with my kids and kind of, you know, stay that level headed. Nice. Uh, great piece of advice right there. And I hope new parents uh, take that under uh, advisement and under their wings is be like, Hey, you know, it's a good idea just to stay even keel and you, and it's a great way to show your kids how to maintain things when, you know, things go get tough or, you know, you're under pressure and all that. So uh, I really appreciate that. All right. So again, growing up in the eighties and nineties, love that era of football, the Nigerian nightmare, man, one of the best names in the NFL of all time. I love that. Uh, what was the first season like for you, your rookie year? What was like maybe a big hurdle or something that was like the biggest transition from, you know, playing um, in different leagues and then obviously then going into the NFL? What was like the biggest hurdle for you? Well, the biggest hurdle was for me to get used to the game because I was still new to the game. I only played three years of organized football in, in college, in a small university. You know, not even NC2As, not even Division Two. I played in NIA, NAIA. And yeah. uh, so just getting used to playing with the big guys, uh, guys that have been playing football since their childhood. Uh, you know, so that's my biggest hurdle. And um, what I decided to do is just kind of like uh, uh, go, go down to the roots and try to learn the game or watch a lot of films on my own. Uh, watching uh, all the legends out there, um, uh, all the Hall of Famers, Walter Payton, Jim Brown, you know, my friend, Eric Dickerson and Marcus Allen, you know, um, uh, all the greats, Jim Taylor from uh, Green Bay Packers. I try to watch them and kind of try to emulate their demeanor, you know, what they're thinking when they're yeah. playing. And that helped me out a whole lot. I love, yeah, and I love the research you did besides working with the team. You did as well. 1989, man, <laughs> that was an awesome year for you. You were breaking yeah. records. You were like, you know, had it was like your career year. Uh, well, when did you kind of know that you were in almost like full stride, so to speak, being like, this is going to be a, a very interesting year? Um, I didn't know. I didn't know. I tell you, the year in 89, uh, Marty was hired. Marty Schoenheimer was hired. Uh, by Carl Peterson, who came to the Chiefs uh, on the same year. Uh, and Marty calls me and says, uh, uh, why don't you come to Kansas City? We need to meet and talk, you know? So yeah. I'm thinking, okay. I wasn't sure what he was uh, meeting about. But um, when I came to town, uh, he's told me, he says, Christian, I wanted to see you in person. And uh, also want to let you know that we're going to run the ball and we'll run it a lot. So he, he says, are you ready? I said, coach, I, I am ready. I didn't know anything else to do in football other than run the ball. So yes, I am ready. He said, okay, that's what I needed to hear. And uh, the meeting lasted three minutes, <laughs> you know, flying from California to Kansas City, three minutes. Yeah. And okay, that's what I wanted to hear. Let me go and introduce you to all the 
you know, the rest of the coaches and them. Um, and we're off and running. Yeah, and it was just again like you the the that year, man. I just I was looking up highlights and all that. It was just it was an insane year, man, for you. So really appreciate you sharing that. And you played in one of the most iconic stadiums in all of NFL with Arrowhead Stadium. Talk to my audience, put us on the field because obviously people who are fans of this podcast know I'm a big fan of the NFL and all that. We're, like there's a small percentage that get to play in the NFL, but playing in Arrowhead. Can you take us on the field and just like create the experience of like what it's like to play in Arrowhead and have like thousands of fans cheering on you? Well, you know, I try to explain it to people, but you know, they don't really get the whole story until they arrive at Arrowhead Stadium. They all say, wow, <laughs> uh, Arrowhead Stadium is the loudest stadium in the world. I mean, it is by in record. Yeah. Uh, so it's the fans are just incredible. Kansas City Chiefs fans, you know, the Chiefs kingdom is just incredible. The best fans in the world. And uh, everybody will tell you that when you come to Kansas City, they are nice to you. Um, on Sundays, game day, uh, fans arrive to the stadium real, really early. And yeah. they are picking, you know, you see smokes everywhere. Uh, when I played, I used to just sit outside and there. Uh, in the parking lot and eat with the fans and drink beer, you yeah. know. Um, they're, they're that nice. They're, they're that passionate about the Chiefs, you know. So, and then, of course, when it, uh, when it's kickoff time, uh, the noise comes. And um, it, it's, it's incredible to be on the field to hear, you know, the noise. And sometimes the quarterbacks will say, you know, can you please calm down so we can call the plays? <laughs> they're like, um, Doing this or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw a, a scene where um, uh, John Elway was complaining that it was too loud. He can hear himself talk at one point. And the referee at the time uh, warned the fans, if you keep making noise, we're going to penalize the team or something like that, which doesn't happen anymore. But back then, yeah, they threatened the fans to keep quiet. But how can you do that? You know, um, that's one of our weapons out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. People listening to this now, if they didn't watch back in the day. It's like that was a thing, and I, I thought that like now it's totally different. And they use it yeah. to you know their their uh, advantage. Teams who, um, if people follow you on social media, they see that you've had some really cool experiences. You know, just through uh, the NFL and all that. For you, do you have a surreal moment? It doesn't have to be like the the top surreal moment, but is there a moment that you were like, while you were, you know, experiencing it, you're like, how do I even like, how is this possible? Do you have, I mean, you you know, from meeting a lot of cool, like, you know, actors and musicians and all that and different things you've experienced. Is there one that you'd like to share or share a cool story from your time in the league or maybe at, you know, post your career? Like, is there a cool story you'd like to share? Well, everything about my career is cool. You know, I, I feel <laughs> that blessed uh, to even play the game because, you know, many people want to play in the NFL, but very few get to play in the NFL. And I was one of them, you see. And uh, so every time I step on the field, every time I play against big name players, you know, Reggie White, you know, when I played against him, I'm like, wow, this is the guy I watch on TV, big name, you know, a monster on the defense. Yeah. And I hear, look at him. He's calling me. He's He knows my name, you know. And uh, Joe Montana played with him, and uh, it, it's one of those things. I watched him win Super Bowls, you know. And then off the field, 
football got me to go to the White House a couple of times. You know, I met the presidents and, you know, when president uh, saw me, he called me by name and I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> so that doesn't happen at all. So um, I am blessed, you know, I am blessed. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, especially when the president can call you by name. That is a legit thing. Like you said, you definitely had a you know cool career. No doubt about that. Before we finish off with the father, quick five. And again, I appreciate you being very generous with your time. Talk about your foundation, the inspiration, and maybe how people can help out your foundation, sir. Yes, uh, the Christian Aquarium Foundation. Um, I started that, uh, started working with kids in uh, 1990. Uh, the reason why I started that is um, I, I grew up in Nigeria in a poor family. You know, uh, somebody helped me out because there was no way I could have just left Nigeria to come to America. But um, uh, when I was young and started out my athletic career, um, Patrick Anoka was my very first coach in Nigeria. And he came to my house and spoke to my dad, telling my dad, um, I'll take care of your son. I'll come here. I'll pick him up. And after practice, I'll bring him back because we don't have any, we didn't have any vehicles, you know, and uh, I had to walk miles, you know, about nine miles to practice and then back, you know. So um, he told my dad, I'll come and pick you up, uh, pick him up and bring him back. And that's exactly what he did. And uh, because of that, I, uh, I improved in athletics and, uh, and track and field back then. And track and field was the uh, uh, sport that brought me to America to go to school. And then, of course, eventually from there to football. And uh, because of him, I am here. So him helping me out, helping me out, yeah, I have to help somebody else, you, you know, by uh, forming my foundation to help kids. Uh, I've always said that um, we are obligated to help each other. You know, if you attain any type of success in life, you know, you're obligated to help others because somebody helped you. You know, nobody did anything by themselves, you see. So that's how God works, I think, you know, to through people. Yeah, great. Yeah, totally appreciate that. And the idea of like, and that's a great way, you know, like, you know, we'll tell our kids, like, pay it forward and be kind to others. But not only are you talking the talk, but you're walking the walk with, you know, with the foundation and, and the things you do. Um, do you, do you and your kids talk about just the foundation and just, you know, some of the things that you've taught them, then it kind of came to fruition and, and came through the work you did at the foundation. Do you guys talk about the work you know, your foundation does? Uh, not a, not a whole lot, not a whole lot, but here and there, they ask me some questions, you know, and they see what I do, you know, and, um, I know they're proud of me, but they don't express it that much, you know, so, um, but I do feel that it's important that kids see that so they can pay forward too when they're doing well, even when they're young to help their fellow friends. Yeah. You know, I preach to other people that um, you have to give. You know, I, um, I have a friend in Kansas City who uh, sometimes picks me up from the airport. He's from Somali. Uh, so I call him Somali, you know, all the time. Hey, Somali, what's up? Yeah. He he told me one time, he says, you know, um, I like what you do. I said, well, thank you. And he says, you know what I think? I said, what? He says, when rich people die, the only thing they can take with them is a tuxedo with a bow tie. No matter how much money you have, you can never take it with you when you die. Yeah. So you have to help 
a fellow human being. And that's, uh, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That, like he's speaking the truth. So thank you for sharing that story. And also to uh, your father, her journey with me. And of course, uh, not only your fantastic foundation, but your great career in the NFL. We're going to finish off with the father quick five favorite family movie. Do you guys have one? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, to serve with love. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good, yeah. My my mom and my dad showed me that they loved uh Sydney Poirier. And then there was like I think the actress and slash uh um singer was Lulu or whatever. But yeah, that was such a great movie at the time. So yeah, good movie right there. Uh speaking of music, was there a genre or uh genre of music or a band that you couldn't wait to introduce your kids to? Oh my goodness. Uh when my when my uh, oldest daughter was young, I used to sing her uh, uh, three little bears by Bob Marley. So Bob Marley is my number one. Nice. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome, man. You are, you're bringing it today. I love it with the father of five. Great. Describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be? Of course, Hawaii. Hawaii is like the uh, best place to uh, vacation. You know, yeah. it, 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 you feel at home when you go to Hawaii. No doubt. Nowadays, I mean, uh, again, following you on social media, I know that you know you're um, still a fan of the game. Uh, it can be Chief, uh, you know, it can be someone from the Chiefs or whatever. But um, favorite player to watch, like one of them that you really enjoy watching, who is it? Oh my goodness, I have so many. You know, when I was playing, even uh, uh, um, after I'm done playing, uh, Eric Dickerson, the way he glides down the field when he runs, you know, it seemed like he's not even running fast, but he was running fast and he just glides when he runs. So Eric is one. Barry Sanders, of course, is one of them, yeah. you know, and uh, Lawrence Taylor, when he played, was one of them. And then my teammate uh, who passed away, Derek Thomas, mm. I love him play. You know, Joe Montana is another one. So, yeah. Nice. I get, quickly, I know it's a side note, just with everything that's going on with the position of running back, what's your take on what's going on right now? Just with NFL teams not really maybe giving that much love or owners not giving that much love to NFL running backs? Well, you know, you have to understand, you know, um, the league is changing. It's a passing league now because of all the rule changes, you know. And uh, because of that, teams don't run the ball as much. You know, they throw the ball a lot. You see, um, but I have to say this. Um, teams that run the ball some are the teams that are winning. You know, all those years when the New England were, were winning Super Bowls, yep. they ran the ball, yep. you know. And, and um, as as recent as uh, last uh, Super Bowl, when Chiefs won the Super Bowl, you have to understand Patrick Mahomes didn't throw 200 yards in the game. It was 182 yards that he threw. In the second half, we ran the ball. Uh, Pacheco running the ball is the thing that helped us hold on to the to the ball. You know, give the defense the time to kind of rest, take a break. Yeah. So you run the ball. It helps your defense and it helps you hold on to the ball, and then it goes to winning. So, but teams are just so excited about having those quarterbacks young quarterbacks sling the ball all over the field, um, but they're forgetting about running game. Thank you very much for sharing that. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you that, especially uh, with uh, you playing that position so well. And lastly, of the 
father of quick five top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad what would you hope they would be patience 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 <laughs> i love it well done sir people make sure you follow christian on twitter at christian okoye instagram at christian okoye number 35 or well, christian okoye 35 and in addition check out his foundation over at christianokoye.com you can find out uh, a lot of the great details about this foundation and about more about christian and also too you have an upcoming book coming out too that people should be looking out for right sir Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you go to Amazon and type in Nigerian Nightmare on search, it, it will come up. So, yes. Nice. We'll put the links where people can uh, check that out as well over at theartoffatherhood.net. Uh, Christian, thank you so much for your time. It's such an honor to chat with you. Big fan of your work, both on and off the field. I wish you and your family continued success. But again, I really appreciate your insight to fatherhood, sir. All right, my friend. Thank you for having me. God bless you. Thank you, sir. I want to thank this week's sponsor, Cordell and Cordell, for sponsoring the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Really appreciate their support. For more information on them, go to their website at cordellcordell.com. And while you're on the internet, make sure you check out the Art of Fatherhood website at artoffatherhood.net. You can check out the latest podcast, and you can also check out the weekly columns such as The Dad's Doing It Right, The Collector of the Week, bonus interviews, giveaways, reviews, articles I've written with my family, and so much more. Make sure you go to artoffatherhood.net, and also please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to your podcast, because that would help spread the word about the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, and go to artoffatherhood.net.